Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. Show's namesake, BJ Shea. He's here. Hey, here I am. And running the boards is Joey D. Wow. Wednesday. Nice. Yeah, buddy. The first one of 2022. Well, I mean, the first one that we're recording a podcast for. Wow. <laughs> and on today's show, we will talk about the book of Boba Fett. We will Ooh. talk about the final season of Lost in Space, Ooh. Doctor Who, which is Ooh. Flux, and the New Year's special. Well, it's just, uh, oh, we never talked about the end of Flux, did we? We did not. We ran oh out of time for that. I know. Oh and maybe we'll get to some of that more, but of course we'll get to the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. It's going to have our blogs, podcasts, and more. See, more. <laughs> uh, or just search BJ Chase Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and the Odyssey app to find yeah. us. And let's start off right away into the Star Wars universe, Star Wars, with the book of Boba Fett. Now, as of today, which is Wednesday, they have dropped the third episode, but we're just going to be talking about the first two, so you don't have to worry about any spoilers, so you can listen to us talk, and then uh, you can go watch the third episode and see what the hell's going on. Yeah, there you go. Um, but this does follow Boba Fett as he has uh, now taken over the reins of Jabba's... Uh, Jabba's Empire, which was uh, ran for, I don't know, a little while by Bib Fortuna. And then, uh, as we saw at the end of The Mandalorian, he took that over with uh, Fennec Strand and uh, now is claiming as he is the daimyo of uh, Tatooine and all of Jabba's possessions and all of his uh, criminal empire and all of those fun things. And, of course, that means you're going to have to deal with people who don't believe that he should be or maybe people who are coming to reclaim some of those things. And the first two episodes uh, I've really liked because it's kept that um, kind of space western feel. Feel like you don't know, do you? What? I feel like, I feel like you don't know. Don't know what? Because you've been buried. You have you, either you're burying the lead or you don't know. There is an Ahsoka Tan moment in this show that I in in this latest episode. I don't know if anybody knows. Ahsoka Tano is in the uh, second uh, episode. Well, I, I'm using her name because remember how people were so excited that she was going to show up in the Mandalorian. Yeah. People, oh, dude, there is a massive fan favorite. That showed up that people don't know. What? Oh, what are you talking about? Oh, you don't know. I no. love this. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, yeah, well, dude. tell me, goddammit. Oh, you well, you probably thought he was very impressive when he showed up. And that, of course, was the big badass bodyguard for the uh, the two huts. Oh, the, the twins. The gigant the gigantic Wookiee all uh, set up and like all beefed up and Yeah, that is a giant, giant character from the comics. Uh, really? Yeah, Black Carsentan, or also otherwise known as Black K. And he is such a badass. And uh, he was first we first saw him in episode uh, uh, issue 15 of the Marvel Star Wars series, the current one that was done. Oh wow, and, okay, yeah. And Black K is oh, uh, he's a badass and he and he's got a great history. He were he he hung out with Vader. He actually did work for Jabba the Hutt back in the day. So there is a rich history. He's even he's even connected to Obi-Wan Kenobi, which some people are thinking, will this is this a tease for him being involved in the Obi-Wan series that's coming oh. up? 
So this is huge for a lot of the uh, us deep cut fans. So yeah, so this Black K is great. When I saw that, I was like, I immediately was like, okay, I'm gonna freeze frame this because I think that's who I think it is. Yeah, oh my I god, is no, that who I think it is? I had no idea. So that's a big massive Easter egg on that. And he yeah. was he's the bodyguard of the um the twins, which yeah. are the are uh, two um Hutties cousins of Jabba the Hutt. Who they they themselves have laid claim to Jabba's old empire. Obviously, we uh, Boba Fett is not keen to that. And this is in the second episode. This was kind of the second group of people who are like not really cool with him running stuff because even the mayor of the uh, the town that he's in is uh, also not down with that. Thought maybe that uh, assassins had been sent uh, by the mayor to take him out, which doesn't seem to be the case at all. And maybe more along the line of the huts. Like it's a whole setting, like trying to figure out what's going on in the present day of Tatooine when he's taken over intermixed with um, how he got uh, the hell out of the Sarlacc pit and what happened to him to even get him to the point where we saw him uh, arrive in the Mandalorian, which in itself was a very interesting story arc so far in these first two episodes. There's a lot of Easter eggs in here. Um, I just realized that Matt Berry is the voice of the droid. Yeah! I was like, I knew he sounded familiar, but I couldn't put my hand on it. And then I see Matt Berry's name on the screen. I had to look it up, too. Where the hell's Matt Berry? And where was he in this in this thing, and if you don't know who Matt Barry is, he's played Laszlo in uh, What We Do in the Shadows, the TV show. Yeah. and so that's where I saw him. He's a comedian. He's a musician. He was and- a boss on the IT crowd. He was the, the, oh, the, yeah, he was the, that's he was the boss of uh, Jen and all those guys. Yeah. So yeah, seeing that and the fact that he was just a voice, and he's done a ton of voice work, which is kind of hilarious because Matt like, Barry's great. I was like, I would have recognized him if he was something, but then it, of course he was uh, obviously a droid at that point, so it kind of makes sense on that end. So. And you know who else was in this? Who? This is amazing. And I didn't recognize her, but I saw the name and I'm like, Jennifer Beals? Who the heck was she? Of course, Flashdance is Jennifer Beals. She's Garza Fwip, who owns the club. The Twilight, oh, the Twilight yeah, who owns the club. Yeah. I'm like, wow, these are like deep cut names from like way back in the day. So many Easter eggs and like cool things that I didn't wow. even realize. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, this this has been delightful just to have a, this second episode, and I and I only caught it in the second episode because you know she was in the first episode as well, mm-hmm. uh, as well as Matt Berry. But man, when I like I was today years old when I saw all these things, <laughs> uh, plus a great episode of uh, you know uh, of the flashback of seeing just how. You know, we got to see Boba. And I was wondering, because I remember the outfit that he had on when we first saw him in The Mandalorian. And I'm like, God, that kind of looks a little like that's a weapon from the Sand People. But ah, maybe I'm making it up. Oh, and, yeah. And they yeah. totally integrated that. It was really kind of neat to see a lot of uh, like the Old West sort of uh, the Wild West or Western type TV shows or movies integrated in with this. Because it makes sense, especially with a place like Tatooine. And they've really flushed out the sand people. I love how it yes. was the statement was made. There are some tribes that are just all about killing. They don't, they don't care. And you feel like those are the ones that kidnapped, uh, you know, uh, Anakin's mom. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas you get to see there are other tribes, and I really think that's an important statement because. You know, you just can't judge anybody by the actions of one or a couple or whatever. And they're really, I mean, 
I really love this. I really love the Tuscan Raiders. And I kind of was just, yes. you know, for many, many years going, they're such a pain in the ass. Oh, you yeah. Know? They're total pains in the ass. But also you see it, the fact, especially with this whole second episode and the train heist, um, that they're like, they're like, oh, yeah, we thought that they were going. It's like we thought they were going to attack us and we we're protecting our train. You're like, no, you're just taking pot shots at natives. And yeah, it's a, it's an interesting thing because they are considered savages, which of course you talk about the old West Rev, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the parallels are insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you know, cheers to them on that too. As a matter of fact, such great writing. Yeah, I really like where they're going with it. Uh, I'm kind of hoping that we're going to see um, uh, Timothy Oliphant back uh, at some point. But That'd be great. It would be great, but I mean, I don't even know if that's gonna how that'll work out at any point in time. Uh, hopefully, but uh, I mean, it's not really a part of the story. It might even just be an Easter egg sort of thing. But totally in on this. I'm very happy that they're making this show. And on every Wednesday on Disney Plus, you can watch the Book of Boba Fett. Um, moving, actually, there was one other little thing about this that was kind of entertaining. And if you've been on the internet, you might have uh, actually seen this. But back on in Parks and Rec, uh, season five, <laughs> episode nineteen, um, Patton Oswalt had a character on there who had to do a filibuster. Oh and, yes, it was funny. And he ha- and he didn't. They didn't. They just said like the script didn't even say to do anything. It's just like he talks for an extended amount of time. So he pulled out every little bit of his nerddom to just bring out a whole thing and in it he's talking about how you could actually you know how Boba Fett would make his return and he says in on the show is like we pan down from the twin sons of Tatooine we are now we now close in on the mouth of the Sarlacc pit after a beat the gloved Mandalorian armor gauntlet of Boba Fett grabs on the sand outside the Sarlacc pit and the feared bounty hunter pulls himself from the maw of the sand beast which is shot for shot what happened in the show now I don't know whether or not this is um, one piece of art taking from another piece of art to be fun, and that's another Easter egg, or if for somehow it was just serendipitous that it happened. But of course, Patton Oswalt gave credit because, well, it was a great way to put that out there. And you know what? It was a great way for us, for me to see it too, just to see that hand coming out of the sand. Like, if he didn't write it, he should at least get a little bit of writing credit on that one. Yeah, that was awesome. You, you know, I just, <laughs> I feel like if you're the if you're the dudes and you know Patton Oswalt and you know, and, and he's in the Marvel Universe and Disney owns it all, mm-hmm. you, yeah. got, you know what, why not? It's a great idea. And it's, it's a great scene to just have him like plop out, like, you know, his, his fist come out that way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this um, yeah, this is man. You know these, these boy these this the the, the I, 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 John Favreau. Can he do anything wrong? <laughs> no, I mean it's amazing. <laughs> it is it is amazing how much he knows how to make a great story from the stuff we love. It is uh, it, it, it's just unbelievable. Star Wars and of course the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. Elf. Uh, it's just it's just Elf. Oh, he did Elf. <laughs> Actually, I really liked the Chef movie. Oh yeah, and Chef is yeah, one of the yeah, chef yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a good movie. Yeah, uh, and, you know, of course he brought us Iron Man, which is you know it's hard to argue. Still, the, maybe the best Marvel movie ever. You know, all in all, just. Just for even if you're a regular person, man, it's just hard as a to argue. standalone movie without yeah. having to know about uh, you know ten years, twenty movies of other previous stuff. I agree with that. Yeah, so many people talk about when they saw that how they were just so impressed with that and wanted to be part of whatever the heck he does. Uh, keeping in the space theme, Lost in Space had oh. its third and final season. Yeah, and um, be- it's it's kind of good that they're doing that because the the little cute boy. 
He's he's taller than me now. He's a man. His voice is deeper. It's a little weird. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if it was COVID or whatever, but yeah, they definitely had to, you know, wait a little bit. And, you know, when you wait a little bit with a kid who's 11, 12 years old. Yeah, growth spurt will kill you right there if you're in Hollywood. Yeah, it's going to be what it's going to be. And so, yeah, you you really had to, you just had to figure it out. So uh, I... um, I, I, yeah, this, uh, what I'm happy about is that they had a plan and even beyond me, I wasn't sure where the plan was going to go. Uh, so I was very, very excited to, it was sad. There was only eight episodes this third season as opposed to 10, Mm -hmm. uh, but very, very happy at where they went with all of it. Uh, it, uh, it, you know, and the difference between this and the TV show is, is mostly is it that the robot is an alien an alien being a creation of something as opposed to the uh, robot on the TV show was created by humans and, and accompanying them on the ship. Uh, But the relationship between him and will and uh, you know, it's fascinating because you know, when we start the series and my wife is watching this, she's like, she's like, I said, she's like, I'm looking for a new show. I'm like, why don't you watch this and tell me what you think? And uh, so she's on season one, and I kind of envy her because she's getting a start from the beginning. Mm. Um, it's disaster porn. I mean, I, they do this. They do homage to the old show. The old show was just, here's a family who's going to get in trouble every week. There's going to be some disaster. <laughs> Somebody's going to be in yeah, peril. Yeah. There was always somebody in trouble. And I give them credit with this new show because every week, and they even joke about it. Don West, the Don West character goes, "Well, it's the Robinsons, so somebody's in trouble, right?" What's what? what, what? Right. <laughs> and uh, they very, they do such a great job with that. They do a great job with the relationship between Will and the robot. And uh, Parker Posey's Doctor Smith is such a modernized, brilliant take on the character. Because Jonathan Harris, for you know the nineteen sixties, did a really good job with that character. Parker, you go, how is she going to, how are you going to modernize it? Because it's almost like old school, old timey acting, old timey bad mm-hmm. guy. And, mm-hmm. you, and I, I, I even thought like, how do you make Dr. Smith more modern? Boy, does she do a great job. And she does it in a way that really brings in mental health. And they have great flashbacks. They, they really tell you the stories of everybody. Uh, the relationship between uh, Maureen Robinson and John Robinson, which I think is great. It's a much more updated, evolved family unit including one of the children, Judy, is actually uh, her daughter, but from another another dad. So you've really got a modern family here. Uh, and, and Maureen finally gets to be as smart as she was supposed to be. Because Maureen Robinson was always a brilliant scientist. I mean, she was a doctor, but they always showed her folding space laundry on the old show. <laughs> space you know, laundry, I know, right? You know, and it was, and, and, and credit to June Lockhart, when she had the opportunity, she showed you that Maureen was a kick-ass character. But, you know, back in the 60s, they only let you do so much. This Maureen Robinson, Molly Parker, is great. I mean, you, you get to see that she's the brains behind everything. And Toby Stevens still does a great job as still being a great dad, but still having to struggle with his stuff. Being a, I mean, it's so well done. I mean, all, the kids are great. Um, Don West is great. Ignacio Ciriccio is so fantastic. Um, and the story is this. You, right at the beginning, you go, okay, we see that this, we see this one robot just beating the crap out of humans who are trying to leave Earth that's massively polluted and go to Alpha Centauri and start a new life. And this robot is on their main ship, destroying everything, killing everybody. And next thing we see, this same robot is basically injured and helped out by Will Robinson. And the robot turns around and becomes his buddy. 
And you, the that's the question is like, what the hell's yeah, going what on? What's going on? Yeah. And you know what? I mean, you you wonder like, were they ever going to answer that question? What was going to happen? And they answer the question. I mean, by the I know Vicky, you haven't seen it all, so I'm trying yep. to be as vague I, as I can. Yeah, I'm on episode two because it's a it's a dad and Vicky show, so I always watch it. We have to watch it together. We can't watch it apart. And when yeah. you have a little a three year old brother, it gets hard. I, like he was interested at first when he sees spaceships, he's like, "Whoa!" <laughs> and then immediately demands for us to switch it to Disney Plus. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, it's really if yeah, it, it, you 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 and your dad got to find some from some alone time so you can watch the yeah. show. Uh, but they answer that question and they answer it beautifully. They give you clues throughout the entire show. And I want to say as an old school fan, there is definitely homage paid to even some of the most goofy, uh, episodes. But I mean, you know, uh, if you've seen season one and two, you realize that there's, uh, there's more than one robot and these robots basically want to kill everybody. Uh, except for the Will Robinson robot. The Will Robinson robot does not want to do that. And there is a reason and back in the first and back in the old TV show, there were a bunch of little mini robots that tried to recruit the big robot to go against the Robinsons. There were a bunch of other robots. So there has been a storyline where everyone has tried to convince the robot to go against the. So I love that they pay some homage to that, even <laughs> though this is a much more sophisticated script than some of those old shows. Uh, I, I give this show such high marks and I'm sad that it's gone, but I'm really happy that they gave us a nice, complete series and you've got three seasons of and 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 the cinematography, the special mm-hmm. effects, all of it is just is beautiful. That is one of the things. Even seeing just some of the small clips that I have watched of it is just that it is very breathtaking. And let me just say this: I was very shocked, but pleasantly surprised. I happened to be in conversation. You know, she's a good friend of the the podcast, uh, Kayla LaFrance, King of the Nerds. Yeah, also a rocket scientist, literally for NASA <laughs> in Houston. Yeah, we were we were talking about Star Trek Prodigy, and I just happened to tell her. You know, she's like, "Hey, what are you watching?" And I'm like, "Oh, I do this, this." And I mentioned Lost in Space. She has great praise for the accuracy of the show. She said they wow. must have NASA consultants. All the stuff we see on that show, how they strap themselves in, all the different equipment they use, she said that's a lot of stuff that we use when we send people to space. And I was like, oh, well, that's cool. So really big kudos to Lost in Space for really putting a lot of love and effort to try to get this show to look like what it would be like maybe in 20, 30, 40 years if we were trying to go do stuff like this. Um, and uh, it's it's uh, so a lot of love to uh, the entire team that put it together. Well, well done. And uh, I mean, keeping with sort of the space theme would be Doctor Who because who? Not Doctor Who. Oh, yeah, it's Doctor. I the Doctor. And yes. um, we we didn't get a chance to finish up talking about Flux before we went on break. Yes. And then also there was a New Year's special as well. So let's kind of run down that. Well, Flux was, uh, you know, Flux was definitely this just cataclysmic event that turns out was caused by uh, one really bad Time Lord who was the one that actually kidnapped this little child, did all sorts of experiments on this little child in order to get this child's secret of regeneration. A lot of pe- a lot of fans are pissed because it turns out the doctor is not really a Gallifreyan. The doctor is a mysterious alien that, well, these horrible Gallifreyans decided to experiment on so that they could also get the secret to Im- uh, you know, Im- immortality. Basically, oh wow, yeah, and um, and so. And in order to basically cover the whole thing up, in a way, they decided they would destroy our known reality because there's all sorts of universes, so you don't okay. need that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, I do love the fact that Gallifreyan arrogance, which in my opinion 
is uh, maybe really pointing to English arrogance, you know, and 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 just the way the English yeah. went about their business and basically took over a lot of places. I, I applaud I applaud the artists of of, the, of science fiction English folks because they will turn around and take a look at their own history and go, "F you, you guys were a holes." Uh, <laughs> and at least that's my take of who the Gallifreyans represent. Uh, it resolved in a very positive way. They stopped them. They tricked the warlike creatures known as the Centaurans. They tricked them by basically just giving them what they wanted: war. And turns out, oh, hey, by you're going to get war all right, buddy, but you're in, they, uh, it was a massive, uh, uh, basically screw over to everybody as only the doctor could do. But what the big takeaway was is that there is, she still does not know about her life before the Gallifreyans intervened. And she's got memories that have been taken away from her and she was used and abused. And so we're getting hints of that, that may be discovered. She has the ability to figure it out, but don't know if she wants to yet. Um, and when, but she's got other things going on because in the New Year's episode, which was a very fun episode with the Daleks, and the Daleks are always fun. And it's funny, the Daleks showed up on New Year's last year, and it's the only time we've seen the Daleks in Jody, uh, Jody's run. And the Daleks only showed up at New Year's again this year. And I wonder, <laughs> is that going to be the thing? The Daleks will never be around except for New Year's. Instead of Baby um, New Year, we get Dalek New Year. Um, and of course, they always get some good guest stars. And uh, Aisling B., who uh, a lot of folks may not know if you uh, watch the show Living With Yourself with uh, Paul Rudd, where he was a oh, clone yeah, where of himself. He, yeah, he, yeah, he was cloned. That was a good show. He, she plays his wife. So that's the actor I'm talking oh. about. There's also a great TV show uh, called This Way Up, which I did not know about, but it's got lots of acclaim. It's either on Hulu or HBO. I am going to watch that show. It's, I think, had three seasons, and she's the star of that show. Uh, everybody knows this actor who, if you're European, you know about her. But as an American, I don't know a lot about what she does, but I'm going to watch This Way Up. Um, and that is on Hulu. Yeah, I just looked that up. So yeah, she so Aisling B is great. Oh God, she just she, she looks really familiar too. Yeah, well, like I said, she was. You may maybe you've seen her something else, but living with yourself was the last thing that I remember. Yeah, yeah, um, maybe it was just that. Man, I just thought it was something else too. But yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> she's won a ton of awards uh, over the or you know across the pond. Uh, just ridiculously talented. Oh, um, she was in Drunk History once. Okay, that's kind of go. Yeah, that's yeah, how you and know it's her. just like I was like, it looks familiar, but yeah, right on. Yeah. Yeah, and um, so she's a guest star, basically runs a storage facility. She doesn't want to run the storage facility, and every New Year's, the person that she runs it with always bags out, and she's like, okay, great, I don't get to be with my friends. And But she's also looking for true love, and then there's this, this geeky guy who every year comes in, and he weirdly brings items from his exes, like they break up with him, and he's like, I wonder if they're going to want this back, so he puts them in a storage facility, in case his exes ever get back to him and go, I want my Monopoly game back, or I want this item back. <laughs> that's that's strangely sweet. It is strangely sweet, and basically it's a love story for them. I mean, she thinks he's weird. He's very awkward. He's always had a thing for her, but he doesn't really know how to, you know, and uh, and he's uh, he's also a, a talented actor, and I'm trying to get the cast list because I can't remember his name, unfortunately, but... Uh, yeah, he's uh, he does a, he does a great job with it as well. And um, hold on, I think I might have his name. It's a, a Johnny Salmon or oh. Salmon maybe, and he plays Nick. And he's he, oh, okay. he's also a terrific actor from across the pond that we don't know, but has gotten a lot of uh, accolades. So basically, the Daleks are around, and it's a time loop situation where it's like the Daleks kill them, but then they come back, and but they have a minute less every time to try to figure out how to avoid the Daleks. Oh and, no, <laughs> and not be killed forever. A clever idea, but the big news. I mean, big news. I was about to ask. Is that um, that uh, one of the characters, Yaz, who did stay on, 
Uh, you know, you sometimes the, the other two companions uh, left, but Yaz stayed on, and we have a new companion named Dan. Turns out, romance is in the uh, is in the air after all. We uh, of course had a lot of romance with Matt Smith's doctor and David Tennant's doctor, mm-hmm. um, but not a whole lot with uh, Peter Capaldi's doctor. You know, he basically was like a father figure to everybody. Yeah, kind of an old. Uh, and Jodie Whittaker's doctor really didn't have a lot of romance with anybody. But if you've been watching the episodes, you kind of go, man. It seems like Yaz is a lot more concerned for the doctor than everybody else. And eventually, it's just like, you know, and they do it in such a cute way. Remember when people would say, do you really like her? I mean, do you like her, like her kind of a thing? Yeah. When they, they, and finally that came out and uh, Dan, Dan, the character, just basically confronted both of them separately and said, hey, man, what are you doing? I mean, you guys, how come you haven't said anything? And Dan says to the doctor, why are you pretending that you don't know that she likes you? Oh, well, you know? <laughs> yeah. And this is what I love because the doctor is an awkward being mm-hmm. where, mm-hmm. you know, human emotions have never been easy for him to come by. Gallifreyans are idiots. And so <laughs> even though he's a cool Gallifreyan and turns out, uh, you know, and now she, even though she's not anymore, not really Gallifreyan, but she's been raised by them. Um how to be involved in human emotion relations and all that always been a little clunky. Um, and we had David Tennant one time say, I almost said, I love you to Rose definitely kissed river song in Matt Smith's version. So I wonder, you know what they're, where they're going to go is we have a few episodes left with Jody's doctor. I think they're going to be a couple of specials in 2022 and that's oh, okay. it. Okay. I was wondering because a lot of the times they'll do regenerations, but this isn't the end of uh, Jody Whitaker's role and run with this. She's got a year. And, ah, okay. Okay. Uh, Russell Davies is taking over, uh, I think, in 2023. We haven't announced a new doctor yet. Don't know when they're going to do that. Don't know who it's going to be. A lot of rumors. Um, But I love that. I mean, first of all, look, I love the fact that they're teaching young children who watch this show that anybody can love anybody, Mm -hmm. uh, which, of course, Russell Davies did with uh, Captain Jack a long time ago. Oh, yeah. Uh, But this is this to me is different because Captain Jack was a playboy, you know, so he was never in any real serious relationships, really. I mean, at the end, I think he kind of did finally try to. uh, But he was always kind of like, "Woo, it's a party. I'll party with anybody. Um, (laughs) Yaz is a cool I really, really like Yaz's character. And of course, I love Jodie Whittaker's doctor. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what happens with these two. And also for young children to go, you know what? Love is love. I love that they're they're educating a young audience like this because, man, you know, to think that these kids will grow up just thinking that, hey, anybody can love anybody. How cool is that? Absolutely. Uh, 100%. And uh, so that's the latest. That's what's happening with Doctor Who. Awesome. And well, now it is time to get to the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. All right, Vicky, what do you got for us? Well, something technically it's a meme. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, but I want anybody who's an Apple user, I tried this out earlier to make sure it was not, you know, fake. Yeah. But if you're an Apple user, you you have to say into your phone, like you say, hey, you know, Siri. Hey, that person. Yeah. Yeah. Your person. Say Lumos, which Harry Potter fans know means to you know lights. Oh, that. okay. It'll turn the flashlight on in your phone. Really? Yeah. So you yeah, just it's go, pretty awesome. Hey, person, Lumos. Wow. I, I, It'll I, turn I, on. I found this out recently too, and I couldn't believe it. Uh, it seemed like they. T- I don't I mean. I don't know why. Maybe it was the Harry Potter 20th anniversary, uh, you, you know, which was fantastic, by the way, uh, reunion show. But that, it seems like that's when we all found out about it, like right about the same time. Or right, at least exactly. Everybody was posting. 
that's that's when I found out about it. And I was like, I need to tell people if you guys didn't see it on our Facebook page because I shared it. Everyone needs to know this because that is awesome. Wow. Yeah. It looks like there's no altering of settings uh, required. Mm-mm. It's just like a cute little Easter egg. I love it. <clears throat> but wow. going on to more nerdum, basically, uh, I know I've been talking about a lot of comic book uh, news and stuff like that lately, Mm -hmm. like comic book movies and TV show news, but I'm going to keep going. All right. Because the Umbrella Academy. Oh, season three? Season three. We got some information on what is going to be going down this season. It's going to come out this year. Woo! Based on, like, there's no official date yet. We have been getting a lot more teasers, and if you've gone back to our Facebook page, I did share, uh, like, the little teaser photo of the uh, not the Umbrella Academy but the Sparrow Academy mm-hmm. and all the different members of the Sparrow Academy including the weird fleshy cube <laughs> was it fleshy it seemed a little bit more like a Tesseract sort of it thing it kind of but... did but in this image he looks kind of Frankenstein-y fleshy Ew. I'm not really here for it yeah but uh, you kind of get a little clip of what their faces look like number one two three four five six and seven is the cube and ben is back and what That's number nice. is he on this one Cause, two because he was like nine on the other one right no or, there's only oh wait there's seven. only seven so <laughs> so one was luther two was diego no no no. two was uh, allison three was diego four was uh klaus he was five. Okay, he was five. No, okay. number five is number five. No, five. Excuse me. Six, yeah. six, six. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, number we, the yeah, one yeah, I know, yeah, yeah, the yeah. one I definitely know ben, is number yeah. five. Thank you. Ben was Sorry. six, and then, uh, yeah. yeah so. I was thinking Vanya. adult versions, and I was yeah, like, wait, I'm forgetting Vanya an adult. Seven, yeah. Yep. yeah. Uh, but we do, like, if you guys haven't seen the sneak peek, go to our Facebook page, check it out, scroll down a little bit. But we do have some information. Like, what do we know so far? Uh, that the Sparrow Academy is some weird alt timeline of the Umbrella Academy mm-hmm. and that they all came back uh, after saving the world from, what, 1963 yes. to find these guys here in their sp- in their places, essentially. Mm-hmm. And in the image, like when you click on it and you go to the shared picture, someone's like, why is Ben the only member that's the same? Well, he's the only member that Hargreaves didn't see. Yeah. That's why. Oh, wow. You're right. Because he was, he like, was nope, already he, dead. Yeah. He was already dead. So he didn't get to see what he looked like, even though we technically saw him on screen because he was hanging out with Klaus. Mm-hmm. But he was the only one he didn't see. And it purposely didn't exclude because he's like, no, the other guys are freaking messes. <laughs> <laughs> that is <laughs> I mean, so true. They're not wrong. Uh, but like I said, what do we know so far? They kind of predict that it's going to come out anywhere between February and August based on when they announced it, how that's long a, the other one's a big to- window. February and August, yeah, August. right? But they're like, it's very unlikely for it to be February because they would have already teased the, yeah, the date by like, now. So the exactly. earliest in theory would be March, but I think it's going to be closer to the summertime. Yeah, it seems like that would be a good like summertime type yeah, show. Yeah, they got to let me know because I got to binge. Right? <laughs> that's my new thing is I'm going to be binging. <laughs> uh, but uh, we know that the Umbrella Academy... Season three has 10 episodes, and we know right. the names of the episodes. Meet the Family, World's Biggest Ball of Twine, Pocket Full of Lightning, Kugelbit Blitz, <laughs> The uh, Kindest Cut, Marigold, Off Wiedershin. Oh, Off Wiedershin. Uh, oh, I think Off it's the, I was yeah. going to say, yes, it's the song. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Wedding at the End of the World, Six Bells, and Oblivion. Oh, and uh, Hotel Oblivion was the third graphic novel, yes, right? Yes, which is the one you still have. I still have no, I'll get to it, and I'll get it back to you. Here's Sorry the thing, though. That. You don't have to read it before the show comes on because it is not anything like what 
the the show and the comic books are two different things. You're right. I've read Oblivion twice, and I still don't know what the hell's going on. Honestly, obli- <laughs> you know what? Without spoiling too much, when I watched Loki, yeah. it gave me Oblivion vibes oh. in a weird way. Oh, oh dear. All like, right, well, I'll get into it. I'll read it, so at yes. least I can finish up the graphic novels. So if you guys haven't, if you haven't read it, go check it out. But mm-hmm. we know that it's going to introduce the Sparrow Academy. The original cast, main characters, will be back. Woo! And it will explore some of the Hotel Oblivion storylines. Yeah, but they're going to fit it in, much like they do with the first two seasons of the show, was yeah. co-mingling with uh, both of the first two books. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, and they did tease that there's going to be some growth for these characters. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Well, we saw, some, we saw some growth for Klaus, so yeah, why not? Yeah, these are some stunted, you know, man and women children. Like. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So some growth would be good. <laughs> and until next time, guys, stay nerdy.